0: Peter, I cannot thank you enough for doing this interview with us. You truly embody the example of what I believe is the definition of leadership, and that is transformed people, transformed people. And I believe that our greatest adversity leads to our greatest assignment, and you really embody that. And I love your book, Soul Strength, and I've been going through growing through that book. So thank you so much for that. And we'll share, of course, in our notes today where you can get that book. But but I just want to personally thank you, Peter, because a few years ago, you met with my son, Justin, and he was at a crossroads in his life. And you really helped to transform his life. And your assignment is huge. And I I was listening actually to an interview that you were doing on TV and it was with a young man that was 700 pounds. And I believe that you've literally saved his life. Tell me about that, that transformation experience with you. I, I'm dying to know.
1: You know, um, and, and first of all, thank you. And I think that it was a divine intervention, meeting your son, Uh, He has such light and love coming from his spirit. And knowing his mom and dad, I'm not surprised. Uh, Joe uh, was actually in the hospital. He had a heart attack. And uh, Joe is from Detroit. And he was 712 pounds. And um, he was watching my television show. And um, he felt as though that that television show that I spoke to him. And he said to contact me uh, through his wife, and she did. And um, I came home from uh, San Francisco that, that night, and it was, I literally took a red eye. So I was exhausted, and for whatever reason, I went to my MacBook and I opened up my email, and his subject just stood out. It just said, help me. And um, I opened it. And um, there was a number, and I called him, and um, they put me through to his room, and it was very, very early morning. It was dawn, and um, we connected, and I felt led. You know, many times in life, God gives us assignments, and if we ignore them, I always say don't allow our busyness to bury God's greatness. And... I did not ignore it. I was very tired and I called. And when I got off of the phone, I knew that without cameras, without my production team, I needed to go visit him and love on him. And I did. And it has been a almost six year journey. And now he is about 400 pounds. Um, He is walking not for 12 seconds. Or 10 feet he doesn't have a trach anymore and he is truly reborn and um, it was amazing to revisit him because a lot of times in life when you make small changes big things happen Um, I think that not only did he get his wake-up call but I think that the whole experience shook him enough to soften his heart, to know that we have only one life, one model year, and sometimes we need to get out of our own way and allow God to lead us down that path.
0: Yes, and I believe that the only way that you can help that transformation, because it has to be authentically in your heart, is because of your own transformation. And and you know, you were diagnosed at age fifteen with Crohn's disease. For the listeners right now, I know what it is, but what is Crohn's disease?
1: Crohn's disease is a, um, there's no cure for it. It's an autoimmune disease and it affects anything from the esophagus to the anus. Doctors told me that I would never gain weight. I wouldn't live past the age of 20. The disease was rapid and it it was running through my body. Uh, my immune system was down. I missed a year and a half of school. Um, and that's where I found my faith. I, um, my mom and dad started arguing. interrupted my dad into becoming a raging alcoholic. He went against my mom. I needed to protect her. Uh, he put a telephone cord around her neck. And it was either a fight or flight. And I tried to save my life, my mom's life because I never would have. Believe myself, and um, I did. He ended up breaking my collarbone in three places, six inches over my eye, and he tried to break my spirit. And the next day, I went to the Verrazano Bridge in Brooklyn, New York. It connects the borough of Staten Island and Brooklyn, and I thought it was my fault. And I thought that if I didn't have the disease, that they wouldn't be arguing. I, I thought I was cowardly. You know, I thought I was just fearful, but I heard a voice and it was to a God that I didn't even believe in saying, you know, give me one more day, give me one more chance. And that is when my my curiosity started. That is when I realized that there's something way bigger than me, way bigger than the disease.
0: Wow. So listening to your story. I want to go back to when you were 15 because I believe that's when that whole transformation happened, Peter, because at 15, we're already at a point in our lives of just not even knowing who we are. And all of a sudden, you're a victim of this abuse. You're a victim of your own disease. You're in the hospital for two and a half months. This is going on. Uh, you've missed a year and a half of school. I mean, that's just crazy like this isn't is not normal it doesn't happen to kids and then you're a boy you're in Brooklyn and you're 86 pounds you know let's let's go back to that moment because I really believe that's when the transformation happened in that moment what was going through your mind
1: the interesting thing was is when you're 15 years old and you are being diagnosed with something that you don't even know how to spell nor do you know what it it means. You start thinking about your mortality and at 15, you're supposed to be innocent. You're supposed to be enjoying your childhood. And I got a wake up call when the doctors put me at the side of my bed and said, you have a chronic condition. Your life is gonna be shortened. And they talked very seriously to my mom and dad. And then, you know, fear channeled wrong turns into anger. And anger is, is something that is, in my opinion, a secondhand emotion because no one wants to be angry or hit, but people end up doing it out of fear of the unknown. So my mom and dad started blaming each other for the disease that I was born with. And it ignited my father to become literally a raging alcoholic. He was a very loving man, a fun man. But he turned into a demon when he started drinking alcohol. And he started to pick on us and verbally abuse us. And then I saw him break down a bathroom door to get my mom and literally knock down the bedroom door. And my sister ran out of the Brooklyn apartment building. And I knew we were in trouble. And you go into a fight or fight in life. You either run away like my sister did or you go against something that's bigger than you. And I would have never been able to live with myself if I didn't try to save my mother as my dad had a telephone cord around the neck. When I look at that and I think of that, it's like those bones heal, but he tried to break my spirit. And I then at the age of 15... You know here i love my dad more than the oxygen that i breathe i went to the varizontal bridge the next day that was only three miles from my house and it's a beautiful expanding bridge that connects two boroughs staten island and brooklyn and it's two o'clock in the morning and i am just saying this is my fault if i didn't have this disease they wouldn't be fighting And then there was something within me that I felt this fear. And I heard this voice to a God I didn't even believe in. And He just said, I felt the Holy Spirit said, give me one more chance, give me one more day. And I surrendered to something that was way bigger than me. I knew it was never gonna be the same. We all have a choice when we have a life event for it to either be better or worse. Mm-hmm. If you ever have an argument, a, a blowout with your loved one, it's never going to be the same. It's either going to be better and you're going to grow, or it's going to be worse. When you have a life-changing experience, you're going to either run to God or run away from Him. I chose to run to God who I didn't even know. And I gave Him like ultimatums. Like, here I am, little Peter, saying... Prove me wrong. You give me confirmation today that you are the God of all gods. And the crazy thing is, is that he totally blew the hinges off of the doors and over and over and over again performed miracles in my life. Mm. Whether it was putting the disease in remission, winning Mr. America, Mr. Universe, getting my health back, my career. And it's just amazing. So when people even say to me, don't you get tired of talking about your testimony? If you found the cure for cancer, would you get tired about talking about it? You'd be on the mountaintops talking about
0: it every day. (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk about that. You said the cure. So how is it every single day still that it's like the flu for you? And how do you keep that smile on your face. Cause I, I'm like a wreck when I have the flu. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's not a good situation at all. So talk about that. And what do you do specifically to control it?
1: Great question. And I think that um, the disease, um, if you are fortunate, if you are blessed does go into remission. Um, the last near death experience that I had was 15 years ago. Uh, March 7, 2001, it's longer than that. um, I went into cardiac arrest again. I was with my two daughters, went out to dinner, and I had a pain. And here I am, a national spokesperson for Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America, and never did I think the disease would come back. And I went down to my knees, and here I was again, going into cardiac arrest, and my heart stopped. I am humbled... When I get up in the morning and I give gratitude, there's no way you could have gratitude and have fear or be angry in the same mindset. It's impossible. So every day, the first 10 minutes, I am just filled with gratitude. I don't have pain. I'm watching the sun come up, family. I have this new chapter in my life. I'm engaged. I have a great career. My kids are healthy. See, so every day, that's how I start my day. but. There are days that I do have where I can't even shake someone's hand, no less pick up a dumbbell because the arthritis kicks up. Or I get ulcerations in my eye, and my eye blacks out where you see nothing but red. You see no white. Wow. It's very important to understand that it keeps an honest person honest. 60 to 70% on how you look and how you feel has to do with what you put in that little circle called your mouth.
0: Yeah. So your why is pretty big to what everything you put in your mouth, like it's a life or death situation for you. Right. And so you you go back to the young man that you were helping. I think you said his name was Joe and the young man and, and he 700 pounds, you know, you go back to the woman or the man that's 40 pounds up, 70, 100 pounds up. And I remember at a time in my life, I was addicted to sugar, like big time. And then I get a precancerous lesion and all of a sudden my Y gets big and I have absolutely no addiction to sugar. Like I don't even have any desire. You ask my family, they would probably faint if I even picked up anything (laughs) with sugar in it, right? So the Y got big and I got free from it. But speak to that person that... You know they they were abused by their dad. They had horrible things happen to them. They have uh, life illnesses. Um, I know several people who have cancer and they're so angry. And they chose the bitter. They didn't choose the better. You you chose better. They chose bitter. Walk through that process. You kind of talked a little bit about it, leaning on God, but there's so many people that just hate God. Talk to that person. And, and what advice would you give them?
1: Great question. And I say this with humility. The wise need to get you up in the morning. Your wise need to be greater than any defeats you've ever had. And then you need to truly find the reason that rocks your world. And as we become adults, we become callous and we become jaded and we're almost like stones instead of Mm -hmm. hundreds. And if we stay curious, we end up finding things we like. When we find things we like, we find our reasons why we smile, we're motivated. When we're motivated, we find our passion, when you find your passion, it's going to collide with your purpose. When you live in purpose, you are what I call in your sweet spot. It doesn't get better. It has nothing to do with money. has nothing to do with celebrity. It has to do with peace like you never will have in your entire life. And when you have that peace, you're going to radiate that light anywhere you go. So where I go, whether it is in Europe or here in Detroit or in New York, in a, in a Kroger supermarket or an airport, the common denominator that people will ask me is why you smile so much. And it's not my life, it's his life. If I get full of myself and allow him to take that space and if I am gonna emulate Jesus, <laughs> and I wanna be his arms and his legs, then I am in really good company. And I'm not talking about religious stuff here. I'm talking about having a personal relationship with your creator. If you had betrayal in your life, if you foreclosed on your home, if you got a pink slip, what you need to do is understand that growth always, always happens in the valley. It never happens on the mountaintops. And when you truly are on the mountaintops, that's a celebration. But that's only temporary. The most amazing times that I've ever had was working towards winning Mr. Universe. Not being Mr. Universe. Because I was having a fight for my life that was me against me. And if I could master that, then I could master Business, being a father, being a husband, being a good community leader, that I could emulate that in other areas.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I, I feel like what you're saying is in order to find your reason that rocks your world, your passion, it, it came first came out of adversity for you. And so walk through that process: like, how did you find your reason? What what specifically what moment sparked you? For instance, when my husband came to me and he said, hey, we're gonna, I'm going to buy this cosmetology school. This is 20, 20 years ago this year. And uh, he said, I feel like it's going to be a ministry for you. And I knew right then and there that this wasn't what I was supposed to do. It was like just it was clicked on the brain, you know, like a light switch all of a sudden it went on. And so talk about that moment for you. Do you remember that specific moment, the light switch?
1: I do. I I remember after having that experience by the bridge and I started to work out in my basement of my grandmother's apartment building, Brooklyn, New York, there was people's clothes on lines and I was working out for the fight of my life. And I started to feel better. I started to put on weight and i truly felt better from the inside out and then i wanted to explain to people how i did that and that started my testimony so i went out to long island and i actually met a woman who then had people like uh, paul jabbar who wrote the music for donna summers enough is enough Um, who also, I met um, Billy Joel and Christy Brinkley. I started to train um, different people like uh, Diane Ross and Donna Summers, um, Julio and Grace. And I said, why would they want me to help them? And I realized that no matter how successful you are in a category, you may be weak in other categories. And my strength was truly helping people get healthy. So today, 25 years later, when people ask me, what do you do? I say, I love on people. They can't help, but feel that energy. If he puts a vision in your heart, it is doable. He is the promise keeper. The woman who I'm going to marry this June, he promised me 12 years ago. 12 years ago, and what you need to do is be patient. You need to be honest with yourself. You need to truly surrender to your stuff. Many times in life, our ego, our pride, gets us to the point where we become that victim and we reread and rewrite that same chapter in our life and see what you focus on this morning Is What you live today, what you speak today is what you prophesize, good or bad tomorrow. So everyone that's listening, especially for this new year, you need to say, I'm victorious. I am a leader. I am a winner. I am going to be healed. I am going to have reconciliation. If you say, I am going to get divorced and I'm never going to lose weight, you're going to be a fat divorced addict.
0: I love that you said surrender to your stuff. (laughs) Is there been a moment in your life that you had a hard time surrendering to your stuff? Like, did you hold on to any stuff for a while? I know I have. And one of my biggest challenges was uh, through my life. And you talk about it in your book, Soul Strength, is a lot of anger in my life. And I had to like really, really figure out where that came from. And you... Uh, say in your book to uh, do a daily inventory of your emotions, and it reminded me of a mastermind that I just finished. Um, it was Dr. Caroline Leaf's book, Switch on Your Brain, the 21-Day Detox, and I'm still going through that process, growing through it, and I love these words you gave. You said, what are some of the noises? I love they said noises, Peter, because that's toxic, you know, thoughts. And that's jealousy and anger, and I checked off anger and confusion and rage. And you said uh, further reflection is uh, the hope stoppers, which is your past, unforgiveness, regret, doubt, negative influences, pride. Have you ever struggled with any of these for a long period of time? What did you do? How did you surrender to that?
1: It's interesting you say what you just said, and I have the chills because there's two things that come full circle with me right now. And one is, you know, by the age of 28, after coming to Detroit with $600 in my pocket, um, on paper, I was a millionaire. And after winning 50 bodybuilding titles, God just truly showered my life with uncommon favor. I wore the best suits. I drove the fastest cars. But when I got home, I was climbing out of my skin because I didn't relinquish that emotional debt from a dad who beat the daylights out of all of us. And it was God himself speaking to me early one morning, saying, how much are you going to be fighting with this before you surrender this stuff, this junk? And I cried like a baby, and when I relinquished that emotional debt, truly relinquished it. Forgive my father, never hearing him say he's sorry, never hearing him say, I love you. The second time was more recent, which was about five five years ago. And again, you know, I feel very fortunate. And I was looking at a home on a lake and it was a couple million dollars, and I, I made an offer on it. They accepted it, and uh, the next thing I know is I woke up one morning, and God said, are you building my kingdom? And it stopped me cold on a beautiful, sunny uh, spring morning, and I backed out of that deal. Six months later, my mom got literally kicked out of an apartment building because they were making a co-op in Brooklyn, New York, and I bought her a home. My, my daughter needed to basically move out from my uh, ex-wife, and I helped her with a new home. Wow. And I remember God just loving on me one night and saying, thank you. Thank you for being Uh, obedient. I've never asked you to be successful. I've never asked you to be a celebrity. I don't care about your Mr. Universe competitions. All I ask is one thing, is for you to be obedient to me and I'll give you a slice of heaven on earth. And the crazy thing is, is that when you have, and I feel I do, I feel you do, uh, have a servant's heart. And when you do, I get more... What rocks my world is not only loving on people, but giving to people that need maybe something that I I have and, and they never will have, whether it's just a roof over their head or whether it's just some health or fitness advice. So those were two yaha moments in my life that put me in check. And I call it Matt Sound in my book. And what it is is, You ever in a room and you hear the TV on in the next room and it's kind of annoying, but you don't, you can't make out what they're saying. Well, a lot of times we have net sound where we put music on in the morning, our dog's barking, the beeper's going off, the car is wanting us to get in to go to the office. Mm -hmm. All God wants every single day is fellowship. He just wants to give us our daily mission the steps that we should be led into and we sometimes say i'll deal with it tomorrow i'll get to it next week
0: wow you know you said something really that hit home and you said something to be obedient to um fellowship. So those are, those are hard things to do for some people. Cause they're like, I don't even hear God's voice. Like, how do I hear his voice? And, and so walk through that process because you clearly heard his voice and, and you follow through. And, you know, I think that goes along with, um, in my book, uh, be amazing. And one of the steps is to examine your heart. And part of that is really about really forgiveness. And I think when we, I want to go back to that forgiveness piece because I every person that I coach, life coach, business coach, leadership coach, I do a lot of coaching is always goes back to either unforgiving themselves or unforgiveness of other people. And in your book, it talks about the consequences of unforgiveness. And I remember my son. And he was, I studied sociology and he had to actually do a paper on unforgiveness and the scientific proof of what it does to your body. And uh, you're a nutritionist, you're a body expert. Um, you talk about the physical, the mental, the spiritual, uh, the relational and the family. Talk a little bit more about that because I believe someone's listening right now that that really can't forgive themselves as well as can't forgive other people in their lives that spoke negativity over them
1: you know um, whether it's someone who hurt you or whether it's you're the perpetrator forgiveness i'll come full circle biblically if you can't forgive you're, you're going to block blessings because God forgives us. I mean, he forgives us because of his son. And what I would say in, in just general terms is that forgiveness is one of the most important tools. It's the biggest gate to freedom. You ever talk to someone who's been done wrong You ever talk to someone who is so jaded because they went through a terrible divorce, they lost everything, their business went under, they lost a child, they hate God, and they are just focused on being ticked off. Mm -hmm. What really is happening is is what you just said, is that they don't want to forgive and they don't want to even forgive themselves. Right. And until you get to that place, you don't realize that you're, you're being the prisoner of your own life. So if there's someone out there that raped you and you'll never see them again, if there's someone that was a pedophilist when you were young and you'll never see them again, they'll never be behind a bars ever. If someone killed one of your family members and you'll never catch them you have two choices you can either get hard and callous right or you can truly get on your knees and say there's something bigger than me and say lord i forgive this person i truly relinquish this garbage this anchor around my neck, this terrible spiritual warfare—let it go. When you truly let it go, and it usually comes with a cry, or it usually comes with a long time, your life will open up more than you can ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Only until I truly relinquish that emotional debt. Only until. I truly got the guilt out of my mind, but I can truly live today like it's my last day, and I can have hope Mm. tomorrow. Only then did life begin. And the crazy thing is, if we truly do get out of our way, and if we truly allow God to heal us, you will end up Finding a purpose because God will allow you to teach what you always wanted to learn.
0: And you actually have an acronym for hope as having optimum positive emotions. Where did that come from? Where did you get that?
1: I just, you know, I mean, hope to me is, is, you know, as long as you have a breath, you have hope. When I was, you know, and I, I haven't shared this um, on my own television show. I've shared this in certain interviews very rarely, but after being in a coma for a week, and when I woke up, all I heard was electrical noises, and there was no one around. And all I remember was I was on a life support. I had tubes down into my chest. I had everything hooked up to me. But the first thing that my... Subconscious in my spirit heard was, "I will give you the nation if you truly give glory to me." And for non-believers that may be listening, my interpretation for that was that when I was gone for a few minutes, I did see light. God doesn't have to do anything in my life for me to know that He's God. He doesn't have to do one darn thing because I've been through so many things. So what I want to do in my own Peter way without shoving anything down anybody's throat, see, I feel God's given me these muscles, my health back, this platform, so that I could talk about nutrition and I could talk about fitness, but it's laced with Christ because regardless of what I talk about, his love, his life, his peace, his hope is in what I say.
0: I love that. And, you know, I love also in your book and it kind of leads us towards the end of this interview, which I wish I could do this for a whole week. because we have so much to share and your book is amazing. you got to get this book. It's called soul strength and uh, you can get it on Amazon, right? Amazon ordered on Amazon. I just saw that. And uh, you talked about uh, dreams. Don't let them go. Let them grow. It just spoke to my heart. And then you said, don't retire rewire and i've always said i will never retire i just will always refire and i feel like every adversity that comes at my way i feel like it's like god saying this is what i need you to teach on now and it's like okay i yeah, i got you <laughs> i got this right and uh, and so you talk about don't retire rewire. And I love this part because you said statistics reveal that when people let their life come to a standstill after retiring, they get a major illness or die within a few years. And you know, I live in Florida too. And so I see this so often. And in fact, I see a lot of really heavy drinkers in Florida, it's like this, it's like they have nothing to do. So they're like numbing their brain. So they just keep drinking, right? Because they're bored probably, right? Then go to bed and every day to get up and do the same thing over and over. Uh, talk about that. Why do you think that you should not retire and you should always rewire?
1: How I want to live my life is that when I take my last breath, I don't want there to be any talent left. Are you at a place where you feel like you haven't accomplished what you want to accomplish? Know this, it's never too late for a transformation. It's never, never too late. Regardless of the day, the illness, your age, your weight, your financial situation, if you want something bad enough, dig deep, find your reasons why, make what I call a covenant with you and your creator. Because a true leader is the person that when you're long gone, they're still instilling your principles because you are so damn good that they want to emulate you.
0: And I love that you said that because I know that's one of your goals is um, you're going to get married to Michelle. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited about that for you. And and something I love about you, and, and it's infiltrated throughout your book with your donors, is just I've always said that leadership starts at home and it's, and I feel like you live that legacy right now. And you said one of your goals, and I love this because I truly believe that we have to ask God for impossible dreams because he is the possible and he is able to make things happen when we can't. Right. And that you said you want to lift the bar on matrimony. Talk about that.
1: Yeah. It's like, I don't want people to come to me and, in an airport or at a restaurant, and know me for Mystery Universe or know me for uh, being Peter's Principles on TV or my life coaching show. I want people to remember me, or when they go into a restaurant or when they meet me in the airport, they look at their wife or their friend and say, That's what I want. I want a relationship with like that. I would have never, <laughs> I'm sorry, I would have never got married, or proposed to Michelle, if I didn't believe that not only God called her in my life, but that God was giving me something that he promised. And because I didn't see a good marriage, and I haven't seen many of them in my entire life, it is so important to embody that. Because at the end of the day, God judges us by one thing, in my opinion, and it's how we love one another.
0: I love that you said is how well do we love one another? I mean, talk about something to just ask yourself every day, examine your heart. How did I love today? You know, so that, that really, really challenged me, Peter. So, so, and I, I'm 100% all about, you know, refiring and, and going big, you know, and in my heart, I'm like, okay, God told me a while ago, I want you to open a thousand salons. And I'm like, Okay, that's probably not going to be in my lifetime, but maybe in my great-great-grandchildren's lifetime that might happen. But it, every time I say it, I almost get nervous saying it. But I know that when it happens, that I know it's not for me. And, and you know, as we end this, uh, the reason why I started this podcast, Peter, and immediately your name came and I said, I've got to interview him. And I'm so blessed that I got to meet you years ago. Um, I started it because I felt like For many years, I was just so focused on being a human doing that I forgot I was a human being. And that's why I started the B-Series books, B-E, and that's why I'm starting this podcast. And I believe that in order to be more, you have to have, do, and be more to become more. So what do you need to become in order to have more?
1: You need to truly put your hands up and say, you need to get on of yourself. And the more you allow him in, the more he is going to just take and put wings on you and take you to places you never thought you could be. My hope and my prayer to each and every one that's listening is to truly get out of your own way. Is this new year is to truly get out of your comfort zone. There's no way you could grow in your comfort zone and forget about the junk that you're hearing. If you're hearing negative stuff from people, then fire them from your life. Don't let anybody put you in a box.
0: I love it. Become unfull of yourself. That's perfect. Peter, if, if someone wants to hire you as their personal coach, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Is it through your website?
1: Yeah, they could go to uh, peternielson.com. They could email me at peter, um, at peternielson.com. And truly, this is all I do, man. I just want to love on each and every one of you. The more the physical challenge, the more that people will turn you down. Those are the type of people that I want to help. I want to help people that truly need help and maybe never have been in the gym. Um, I would love, I welcome helping you.
0: Wow. That's perfect. Peter, thank you so much. You're such a blessing. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.